Please listen carefully. Welcome to the Rick and Dodd Show. Two dudes, a podcast, and some laughs. Prepare to be underwhelmed. And away we go. So, what did we have on topic for this week, looking at my list here? I, I know we had said we were going to get back to some some more normal conversation uh, topics. Uh, so, more current <laughs> event stuff, which obviously there's a lot of stuff happening, um, but also uh, the Modern Masters 3 spoilers um, yeah. and some finance talk there. Yes. Um, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> uh, so, no. <laughs> um, no, I was just saying, like, yeah, there's there's that. that that's That drops uh, Friday. Doesn't it? Yeah, so it drops Friday, which I'm bummed about because I, I mean, I'm leaving tomorrow for for ten days in Vegas. Um, so I'll be gone uh, from the normal shop that I play at here, um, and not being able to play with them and doing uh, some normal uh, um, Modern Masters events. I mean, I, I think they may be doing sealed or, or whatnot too. Um, but I, I'm going to look up a couple of the places out in Vegas to see what they're doing. Um, I just haven't had a chance to call around yet. So, but I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I did. Speaking of Vegas, I did want to let you know. So I totally. So there's a low chance. I applied for a poetry fellowship. Um, it's pretty much the premier African American poet fellowship, um, and it's in June. So there's a low chance I, I would get into that, but. It's in June, most likely around the time of Vegas. So, and it's like a two week fellowship. So, um, I should be hearing from them relatively soon, most likely by the end of the month or the beginning of April. Um, that way we can do a little bit more planning for Vegas when it yeah. actually, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, let's do all this and then be like, hey, buddy. So, <laughs> well, I mean, that's the way I was two years ago with Modern Masters 15, where I, I knew I wanted to to go out and hit that up and do everything there. Um, and then it was just way too much traveling all at the same time. And that was in May, right around my birthday weekend. So I was going to make a weekend mm-hmm. of it and everything. It just ended up being too much of a mess. So there wasn't anything I was able to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, so this year I, I'm looking forward to it. I should be able to, to make it without any problems. Um, and it should be a good time. So yeah, we can, we can keep planning that. And then I know we've got some of the larger, uh, or the, the folks from our larger group are looking at it one way or another. Um, and we can keep going to kind of see what, see what, what we're able to do. Yeah. Like it'd be fun. I just don't know how I could swing that and then go to Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's like a two week and that's like a two week intensive too. I mean, like I doubt that I'd get in. Yeah. Like, I mean, I doubt that I'd get in. And a work probably wouldn't be too happy where they're like, so you've been gone a month? <laughs> um, yeah, so the <laughs> so I mean, I, I, I doubt I'll get in. They usually have about 300 people apply, and they take about 10%, so anywhere from 8 to 10%, so. Um, but it'd be good. It'd be a really good career thing. So. Yeah, that'd be so good, some good luck for you, so hope, hopefully yeah. that'll work out either way. I mean, obviously, there'll always be uh, magic on the other side of things. Yeah, so, like, it's one of these things where it's, like, I'm not terribly, like, bummed about it. Because it's like, oh, man, it's like, I could either do this really cool poetry thing that would further my writing career at some point, or I get to go to Vegas and hang out with friends. So, like, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a Sophie's choice. Um, 
<laughs> so, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, I'm not too, uh, you know, uh, you know, either way, it's like, he'll still come out on top. So be fun. Um, before we, we jump into anything, if I end up, uh, kind of going off mic or, or whatever, or if I'm laughing too hard, uh, it's basically because, uh, my stomach hurts so much. Um, uh-huh. I was, uh, well, I'm just working out with, uh, with a, a friend and trainer. Um, and so yesterday, uh, we did some, some ab workouts at the end of the, the session with a, with a roller and everything. And it felt fine then, but I'm feeling it today. Um, and so similar to another story before, uh, where, when I was recording a, a video podcast with a coworker, uh, he said he injured his knee um, when uh, he was uh, running a, a 5K over the weekend, um, and I responded, well, I hurt my back while I was sleeping. Um, <laughs> this is similar to where, I, uh, as I said, I was just grocery shopping before this, um, and I've been binge listening to a bunch of podcasts. I got through mm-hmm. all of the um, all of the What Say You pod, uh, and then I've been... Uh, mostly catching up on a lot of the about last night uh, podcast with uh, Adam Ray and Brad Williams. Uh, And so it happened last night when I was taking the train out to the magic shop to go draft. Um, (laughs) And then it happened when I was in the grocery store just now where I'm listening to the podcast and then I just break out laughing hysterically and then uh, basically doubled over because I'm laughing so hard and then my abs start hurting (laughs) And then that forces me to basically start laughing more and basically like <laughs> laughing, crying pain. And then I, I just can't catch up. So I, I've had more than my fair share of uh, odd looks over the past uh, 24 hours just based on, you know, laughing maniacally while also cringing in pain at the same time. So uh, if I go off mic or if I, I, I go quiet, that would be why. So I'm trying not to, to cough or choke uh, into, into uh, our listeners' ears. <laughs> I know I haven't. I got DDP yoga that came in. I've looked over some of it, and then I've just been so busy that I haven't even had a time to like actually sit down and start planning stuff out. Man, being busy sucks. Yeah, like, growing up sucks. Like, it, what's even worse is I got a you know I got a closet full of a thousand games that the majority of them I haven't even you know played. I'm like, I have all these activities to do. I have like a ton of books I need to read. There's a ton of books I want to buy. There's a ton of writing I need to do. Yeah, I'm you looking know. at and my instead what happened. bookcase right next to where I'm recording. And there's, you know, I, I've read, I'd say the vast majority of the, those books, but there's a good stack of six, eight books where I'm like, yeah, those are never getting read. So I'm just getting rid of them so that they stop mocking me because they're, they're never going to do anything. <laughs> right. Right. It was so funny. I, uh, oh, I know. Like, it's just too much stuff. And then I have, like, that Series 65 training for work, uh, which will be fun, which I haven't even actually really – they haven't – so they haven't given me a schedule for that. So it's basically, like, choose your own adventure scheduling, Mm -hmm. and I'm already far behind because I haven't even, like, attempted – I'm already behind in that because I haven't even attempted to look at, like, a form of schedule yet. So (laughs) – and I've had the book for, like – maybe a month <laughs> like I, I i went through like a chapter and watched some videos and and took a little practice quiz and didn't do too hot because i wasn't really like focused studying and i was like well i'm gonna have to dedicate more time to this and i'm like oh you're gonna gotta figure that out so mm. that'll be fun and it's also it doesn't help that it's boring as shit too so any of you listeners out there that are pursuing pursuing a career in finance, uh, your heart's got to be in it. 
I mean, it's not it's not like super boring, but it's not. You know, I I, I find myself at a point where I can get distracted by anything when i'm looking over it well and i think that's not even necessarily that but i mean that's almost any career or industry that you're moving into where if you're doing it just again as kind of the the quote-unquote nine to five type thing um then that's going to be a lot different and the amount of effort you exert is going to be a lot different as opposed to um if you're you know you're charting new territory or you're you know you've got the the ambition and the desire and drive and all that stuff so there's you know just where uh some of that's coming from is going to be uh, a lot different from basically your inputs and outputs are going to be different so you can see a lot of drive because i hit the same thing where there's there's certain things where um i've been uh kind of running uh full speed on some projects and then the other you just kind of keep putting off putting off putting off um and then so it's just there's you know a little bit of uh uh, kind of whatever whatever you're kind of currently into is going to be a lot better and you're going to sink your teeth into as opposed to stuff that you're just doing because somebody else told you to type thing. Yeah, like, and the thing is, it's not that I'm not into it. It's it's kind of been go, go, go for me. And anytime I try to take a weekend or, or, or try and get any kind of reprieve from it, I end up throwing more shit on the pile of stuff mm-hmm. to do. So it's... You know, I was I was ready to do it back in you know after I was rested in like January, and they got me the book you know, maybe end of February, middle and near end middle of February. So like by that time I was so busy waiting I've done burned out. Yep. So, but no, we'll get through it. We'll do it. We'll get a we'll get our Series sixty five and be able to sell securities. So. So in, in using some of the, that finance stuff then, and so being able to, to do the, uh, the finance, the financiering, um, regardless of, uh, the best intentions that government regulations say you should or should not have, um, uh, you know, at any given time, um, which is interesting because as I say that I'm, I just got an email notification from the ACLU, um, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, jumping into to some of the, the magic finance and, and speculation yeah. around uh, Modern Masters uh, 17, Modern Masters 3, um, and uh, kind of the, the middle point of what, uh, of what you're calling Lit March. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I figured, like, go into, if you want to jump into what your thoughts are on it from a, a finance perspective, kind yeah. of following up on the the last episode that we had on that since we had a lot of good feedback on that um and then yeah uh, uh, we can do a little game as far as some speculation for uh, a handful of cards uh that i cherry picked just kind of pulling their values um we can add some more to it if we want and then see what uh what they would be for for lows and then uh where we think it'll be in a year type thing yeah so uh the first thing uh i always want to make clear is that magic the gathering is not an investment uh, it's a very poor investment strategy. Um, so I, that's one thing I want to make very clear. Uh, I, I spend, I spend a little bit of time listening to finance podcasts and uh, well, magic finance podcasts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just be, because I listen to podcasts while I write at work and I'm running out of podcasts to listen to. So I've already got like 12, 13 podcasts in the rotation that I've been tapping out. So I've been listening to more magic finance stuff and 
I never I can't, I can't finish them now because they're like, uh, yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to be living off of Magic the Gathering finance for six months. And it's like or, you know, for X amount, you know, mm-hmm. it just drives me bananas. I mean, um, there's a, a handful of uh, groups that I joined on Facebook kind of seeing some of that stuff. And it's again, there's a handful of folks that are well versed in it and then everybody else that's guessing and when you're looking at things and seeing things um that people are posting or or a lot of the kind of buyouts and runs that they're Mm -hmm. they're they're jumping into um it just doesn't make logical sense um and then so people are are trying to do a lot of the hard work uh to flip uh a lot of you know whether it's volume or or quantity or quality or quantity type things um it, it is a lot of hard work. It's very contextual. You need to know a lot behind it. Um, and there's a lot more that's going on in kind of an unregulated market than, uh, you know, many other avenues out there. So it mm-hmm. is a, a buyer beware type thing. Yeah. And that's one thing I do want to make clear in case, you know, um, you know, the, the profit margins aren't great. Um, especially if you're going to try and love off of that. But it's something I personally wouldn't do. I would not suggest that people do uh, try to use magic as their primary source of income um, because it feels icky. It's gross. The profit margins aren't great. And uh, you're going to, if it's, if magic is your saving grace hobby, uh, you, you know, the one where if you can play how much uh, as a oil, all the, uh, law professor i had uh would say how much money you know could somebody pay you to stop if that answer is not like 10 grand you probably shouldn't do finance yep exactly uh, <laughs> uh because the you're you're gonna ruin a little bit of the hobby for yourself if you get like really into that now with that being said um we can go over some general general uh finance things and talk a little bit more about modern masters uh and how that basically works. So uh, a little history of uh, – so for, for those listeners who are uh, being patient enough to stick through the, the nerd, nerd explosion we've had these last couple episodes. Uh, <laughs> um, the uh, Wizards of the Coast prints the card game Magic the Gathering. Um, and in the last episode, we talked about like the booster packs and that. Uh, every so often, they come out with these products that are basically like limited edition products. Uh, the best thing I could compare it to is that if you're familiar with uh, comic books or something like that, uh, many of these products are akin to the variant comic books, uh, especially those throughout the 90s. Or similar to um, video games where more recently they've had the limited edition collector's mm-hmm. edition, steelbook edition type things for yeah. launch day yeah. type things. Yeah. Um, you know, it's stuff that's not it's not something necessary that you have to partake in to enjoy the game. Uh, those These limited edition products are basically catered more towards uh, collectors uh, and, the, and ad, more advanced players. One of these products that has come out over the last, oh geez, five years, uh, has been the Modern Masters series. Uh, Modern is a format where you can play with a lot of magic cards, uh, and it has a, a very strict start point. But from that start point forward, you can play any magic card you, you feel like, provided it's not on their list, their ban list. Which I believe is a magical list they throw darts at. So. <laughs> Um, 
they so that's basically the gist of Modern Masters, and it's become a biannually a biannual release that they do in the summer to help sell more sets to make money. Uh, traditionally, Modern Masters takes the cream the, the creme de la creme of good cards in Modern, puts them all together in a limited format, which basically means you only play with the cards that you get in a certain number of booster packs. And uh, releases them and, and players buy them and use the booster packs to play drafts or, or that, which is a type of limited, limited magic. Um, so we are coming up. Uh, historically, they've, these special edition limited sets have been very hit and miss in what they print in them. Uh, sometimes they end up doing basically what tends to be, you know, every... About 33% of the total cards are, like, good cards, mm -hmm. uh, give or take. Sometimes it's lower. And uh, that's where basically all your, your value, I'm doing air quotes, your value is going to be if you randomly buy a pack and open a 30 to or 20 to $30 card. Mm -hmm. uh, the, these packs have a price, a higher uh, barrier of entry. They are $10 a piece. Uh, your normal magic pack's going to run you about $3. So they're more expensive. The cards tend to be a little bit more powerful than your regular standard set. And uh, so that's part of that. So uh, explain what Modern Masters is. So for those of you that aren't familiar, you have an idea now. Uh, and so what's interesting about this set is instead of that usual average being about 33% of like good cards or valuable cards, what have you. It's closer to 66% uh, or anywhere from playable to desirable. Yep. Um, at least generally speaking about the rare slot. Um, and it might actually be a little, be a little higher than that. Uh, so what this has done is this has turned the, uh, finance market uh, sort of on its head because nobody knows what to do because uh, in the past Wizards has been very uh, what was the word I'm looking for skittish about reprinting um, valuable cards and sets to mess with the secondary. Uh, Wizards is a very interesting uh, interesting Wizards of the Coast printing magic is a very interesting situation that honestly somebody in finance should probably study uh, simply because of their dependence on the secondary market to so they can make money. Yep. Um, and so it, it's a really interesting case because uh, normally a company would go, oh, there's a demand for this product. Let's meet this demand. However, if Wizards meet that meets that demands, there might be unforeseen. Um, it'd be good in the short term, but in the long term, there could be unforeseen consequences of local shops not being able to keep up with the deflation of the value of the cards um, that would be printed in those sets. Where if you print enough good stuff and you print enough of it, the demand's not going to be there. And the demand is how you sell your product, not only for years, but the local the local shops basically help create continuous demand for your product. So it's an interesting little uh, 
it's not a healthy relationship to be honest but uh, <laughs> uh, so um so yeah so when it comes to modern masters a lot of these finance guys don't know what's necessarily going on um because we haven't seen anything since like this since magic finance has been popular or started to become popularized which i think started in probably 2013 um is when it started to get it was like a little fringe thing but the prices mm -hmm. of cards kept going up up and up um so they just kept you know it, it, they just kept going up and so let's see so they've done so this set is in most recent most i said recent memory i guess like where there's a lot of good cards and they're going to be printing a fair amount of these um some folks have been comparing this set to a disastrous product uh which is this is the main reason this product uh, chronicles is the main reason why wizards of the coast has been so skittish about reprinting those desirable cards on uh, in mass uh, basically what happened with chronicles is they printed too much stuff they printed too much stuff too early. Yeah. So, um, and there was way more product than there was demand. And, um, and it put the game in a little downswing because they're like, people were upset, uh, because they, so because of this, they reserve lists. So it's a whole nother topic, which don't even need to deal with right now. So, um, the finance guys are all like, burr, I, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what to do. And uh, they all think it's going to be close to the regular print runs of this. And um, one of the reasons, so I've got my financial experiences. I've traded, I've been involved in trading card games for a really long time. I also work at a financial planning firm, which I don't know some of these finance folks can say. Um, I also have worked at a couple different uh, local game stores that specialize in magic. Um, so I know a little bit and I'm starting to see what I feel is what we're going to start seeing here with the printing of this, of modern masters three is there's two things. I don't think it's going to be a regular print run for a limited edition product. I think it's going to be larger. Okay. And what I'm seeing here, what I think we're going to see here is we're going to see Wizards experiment with manipulating the secondary market. Meaning by printing. They, currently, they don't sell cards other than MSRP, no matter what they're printing, no matter if it's a uh, reprint set or a standard set or XYZ. Like, they... Set right. an MSRP that's, you know, it's this much for this product, that's it. You know, then mm -hmm. the secondary market comes in and then fluctuates up and down. So something yep. that's sold in a pack for $3 could be up to, you know, 150 but they're not selling packs at a different price the next time right. they print packs or something. So what I think we're going to see here, and so there's a lot of, I don't want to say profit, but there's a lot of profit to be made in the secondary market that Wizards just feasibly can't get to. If I sell you a Tarmogoyf, which is a card that was $150, $200, if I sold you, if I bought a pack of Modern Masters for $10, or 
opened a Tarmogoyf and then sold it to you for whatever, you know, there's no wizards doesn't have access to any of that other money. Mm-hmm. So what I think we're going to see here, because wizards, wizards of the coast is a business that is owned by toy giant Hasbro. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to see here is wizards is trying to figure out a way to see how it can skim some of that money from the secondary. They're not going to do it by selling singles, but they're going to buy by doing it by increasing the amount of product they have available. So, so people will be more likely to buy their product instead of buying those cards from the secondary. Mm -hmm. Now you're not going to, it's not, this isn't going to kill the secondary entirely, but I do think we're going to see an overall deflation in the prices of this stuff, uh, especially if they continue to be aggressive with the reprint policy of, of cards. Um, so for instance, one of the things there's the fetch lands that are in this and we're going to see a very substantial decrease in those values. But what I think they're, they're going to do is they're going to basically put these cards on a cycle of reprint reprintability so these cards don't fall below a specific price fall so, below or yeah go above. yes or, or go above i i should say um keep yes. it in a certain window that they feel is comfortable yeah. for new players to enter the format with exactly exactly thank you i i'm uh little i took some ibuprofen and i'm already super sleepy i did it was not a very productive day at work for donald okay Almost. <laughs> just staring at computer screens a lot of uh hands uh forehead collapse you know <laughs> collapsing into hands and um <laughs> so um so i think they're basically gonna go they're going to try and control the secondary much more by that way. Um, so if you have a card now that's inflated price of $75, I think Wizards has sort of decided this is going to be $20 is a fair price for this card. We're going to see how we can likely keep this card to be $20 forever. Um, or long enough so new players can have access to that card. Um, and that way, the the storefronts that basically peddle their products don't lose out on um, as much. So they're doing it so it's going to be more of a win-win uh, for a much larger win for Wizards. The stores lose on a little bit, and the players should theoretically win um, in a bit in the long run. Um, because prices won't be as egregious as they were or as they have been. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, it's, it's always good for the players that are in the game and in it. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're, uh, you know, they're whoever's already in some form of whatever, uh, speculative market. I mean, they're always happy with what they have and, and what they're kind of everything they have in their hordes already, but they don't want the prices mm-hmm. to drop to, to, to yeah. see their investments go away. But then if the prices drop, more people can enter, causing more mm-hmm. need for demand, causing yeah. you know prices to rise, all of that stuff. So it definitely is cyclic in nature, and this is something that uh, you know they started this with some of the Masters reprint sets, but we haven't seen it at this scale yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's definitely something that, that I'm looking forward to see how it, how it plays out in any mm-hmm. uh, future uh, implications, whether they do uh, – the modern masters, uh, obviously it's going to keep going, but then also 
um, any more vintage or Eternal Masters mm -hmm. uh, or anything like that as far as other sets that include older cards and, and more reprints that are of the, the same style where they're targeting the high-dollar high cards, um, mm -hmm. but still in a way that is amenable to... to you know, the majority of players and not killing the game uh, practically like uh, what Chronicles did where they just printed everything yeah. into the dust. Yeah. And I think, so there's a couple things and I'm actually quite thankful for this. Um, I think magic finance, um, if this goes well, is going to pretty much be over, which I'm kind of thankful for uh, <laughs> because uh, as someone who likes to trade, and as someone who, you know, likes to acquire cool cards uh, that tickle my fancy, uh, Magic Finance makes it impossible to trade in a trading card game and to collect collectibles because people are too attached to the inflated values in part because of the financiers who have basically hit the financiers who have run rampant through hobby shops and mm -hmm. and and this and that it's yeah, i mean it's, it's nowhere near as bad but it's it's getting to the point similar to the way uh the comic book market was yeah uh back in the mid 90s um when dc went with the whole death of superman storyline uh and things like that where folks were seeing that there was uh you know value in comic books they had mm -hmm. the variant issues uh, the variant covers and, and things like that. Um, so you had investors and speculators just come in, dump tons of money into it, and then it just drove the price of everything up. Um, mm -hmm. But it didn't really change the industry, and they kept going, and then it just basically made it inaccessible for the majority of the people um, that were supporting it, which were, you know kids, teenagers, adults that had the comic interest and were in it for the stories, not necessarily not necessarily for the um, the money aspect of the collectability, but just the uh, the storyline, the completeness and, and all of that yeah. stuff. Um, and so it, it was something where, again, that was almost a, a secondary speculators market killing the mm -hmm. industry that it was trying yep. to, to profit from, uh, which obviously it's not going to be the last, but you know, if it's something I'm a part of, I don't want to see that happen. Yeah, like the um so I'm really weary about doing um a lot of finance stuff involved with that. Especially working at a, a place that, you know, we sell Medicare supplements and, and insurance and that kind of stuff. But working at a place that does retirement planning and learning about finance, you just start to realize, huh, gee whiz, I should if I'm gonna be some I'm going to do something silly like this. I might as well do it in a larger stock, in the stock market, mm -hmm. do it in a larger market that has some kind of regulations. Yeah. Larger um, pool. Yeah. And I've also thought of, you know, I just, you know, random, but I've also thought about, um, once I can actually start saving up money and not being in a putz, uh, actually taking those and investing heavily in foreign markets that I think will be, you know, that I think are getting ready to upswing, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, um, so, and those, that would be done through bonds, nothing crazy. Well, probably not. Well, yeah. By buying aggressive. Anyway, so, okay. I'm, okay. So. <laughs> that, it's a whole other topic, a whole other <laughs> yeah. genre of podcast that we don't want to get into. So, um, and I'm still learning, so I'd probably get like half the shit wrong anyway. But, um, 
Well, I mean, it's not. It's. I mean, we actually had a guy that I mean, in the group that we hung out with when I first started working at IBM, where he was legitimately happy that he discovered the secret to the stock market was buy low and sell high, and he would not stop telling everyone <laughs> that you know, when every day when we were eating lunch and stuff like that, that you know that was that was all you had to do. You just had to buy low and sell high, and that was you know that was you could make money till the cows come home. And <laughs> so obviously there's a lot more to it than that, but I yeah. mean, that was, that was what he was, you know, uh, ready to write home about and, you know, sing the praises uh, to the end of time. Um, but I, I mean, there's, there's a lot more there, but, uh, when you, you know, get it to the simplest nature, um, I mean, that's, that's what it is, but there's a lot more work than, uh, than just kind of quote unquote doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's actually been one of my my large problems with with magic approaching magic is like a finance kind of thing where the there's a lot of subjective. I'm a player who, you know, I'm a player in the thick of it. I'm someone who's in in the thick of it, and my enjoyment of the game fluctuates, and it makes me realize that well, gee whiz, there's a lot of I can't be the only one whose enjoyment of this game fluctuates. And I could very easily see just, you know, like, yeah, I, half the time I don't even want to play this stupid game and want to get rid of everything. And so I, I imagine I can't be the only one where, you know, where I see that. And you have folks who approach this as finance, like this is a, this is a market that's backed regulated and like there's real investors in this market securities or something like like that yeah yeah they're not securities they're fucking pieces of cardboard and (laughs) you can't you know you can't approach them you know um yeah it's um it's one of those things that's been definitely very weary um one of the things i know that we didn't talk about last time when we did talk about the magic finance was um the I feel like we talked about the some aspects of the um, the speculations there. One of the things that they do is very close to um, when they buy like the like the, the dime rares or like penny rares or whatever, uh, which is really close to oh god, that's actually illegal. The way that they do it, or, or what they what basically people do, and one. One of the things that I guess happens is that there's like investment newsletters that recommend you what penny stocks to buy or yeah. whatever. I mean, people have been making money off of those investment newsletters yeah. forever. Yeah. So, um, and that's kind of the way I see a lot of you know, get the cards that you want, play the cards. If you're gonna if you're gonna play the game, get the cards, play the cards that you that you're gonna that are gonna bring you the most fun. Um, if you see cool cards, trade for cool cards. Don't worry about the finance stuff um because i my gut feeling i can't prove this it's unsubstantiated it's hearsay um it's hogwash uh i don't think we're gonna see the secondary we're we're gonna have a change in secondary uh because there's no way a company like hasbro can see a card sell for two hundred dollars on the secondary and not go how do i get a piece of that mm-hmm. you know and you know, I think there's going to be there's going to be a change. We're going to see def- a deflation in overall cost of the secondary, um, and 
you know, and I think with Modern Masters, Modern Masters 3, this is going to be a big old test run uh, to see how much they can print and get away with. And the fact that there should be a couple concerns that this product is still available under MSRP if you buy a box. Um, that should be a, a hint that there's going to be a lot of this product. Uh, the second is that um, that's a huge, that's such a big hint because uh, no one's being limited on the amount they can get. Mm-hmm. I, um, I've seen some stores artificially limiting that and then others mm-hmm. where they, I mean, I, I've seen other stores, the store I play it on here, they're not um, limiting quantity. They just, they pre-sold at a, a good price or if you mm-hmm. paid by a certain date. Um, and then, uh, everybody was still able to get whatever box they want. Um, as opposed to some of the other stores that I still follow on Facebook and other social media back in Mm -hmm. North Carolina where, uh, they were basically doing like round robin distribution, um, and the prices were a little higher. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was, it was not, um, it seemed like they were, whether or not it was something where they didn't know how much they would be getting originally, so they didn't want to oversell, um, mm-hmm. or they were artificially limiting, or, or sorry, artificially creating that demand. Uh, it seemed like they were doing that a little bit more than some of the other uh, places that I had seen out here. Oh, absolutely. And I can tell you that it's <coughs> the uh, artificial artificial limitation of what they're trying to do. Because I think I know a couple of the stores in particular. Um, so... The for instance, right here, I just pulled up Cool Stuff Inc., um, which is one of the big retailers, and I would say what number three, number three, number four in Magic. I'd say yeah, number four, number five around there. Yeah, um, Star City Channel Fireball, David TC- Adams, uh, or well, I don't consider TC- TCG. I, since- that's what I mean. I, I said that, and I was thinking yeah. something else. So I mean, so I would say yeah. Star City Channel Fireball. I mean, cool stuff is up there, but probably also yeah. um, like Troll and Toad and those guys. So there's there's kind yeah. of like the tier ones, and then maybe those guys would be right in there in the mix for like a yeah. tier two. Yeah. So you can buy this with free shipping for two fourteen ninety nine. Uh, you can still get a box. So that's pretty damn good. Yeah. So if that's any that should be that's a huge indication. You can't really look at sites like Star City or. Uh, Channel Fireball because those guys are like the premier sellers and uh, their prices are going to be, you're paying for, you're paying for a name of buying from them. Mm-hmm. For guaranteed access and guaranteed availability. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it's like, I am not concerned about there not being enough for this product. And, I think what they're going to do is Wizards is releasing, starting to release their product in waves. And we saw this a little bit in uh, in EMA, which was another limited edition set. But this time it had cards from the entire history of Magic um, instead of just from specific points in time. And uh, we saw this a little bit where there was basically two waves of modern ma- uh, Eternal Masters. There was the first wave, which dented prices on the secondary, and then there was the second wave that came out approximately three months later. It came yeah, out around like, right before the holidays. It was yeah. like beginning. Of, it was middle of summer, and then because that was June, and then like right around October, November, so they did a, a reprint for the holidays. 
Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And I think we're going to see some big old prints. And I think we're going to see some, you know, I think expensive magic cards outside of stuff on the reserve list. I think expensive magic cards are going to be back down to maybe the highest one is going to be like 50 bucks. I kind of feel that's the way that we're going. And that's part of the reason besides, you know, my enjoyment of the game or whatever, I almost feel safer liquidating everything that I have. And then just buying the cards again at the decreased prices. Like, why it's hard to it's hard to hold on to it's hard to hold on to like three grand in cards or whatever when I have a gut feeling that in a year and a half I'm gonna lose half of that value. potential. Yeah, half of that value. And now I don't do the finance. I just want to make it clear, I really don't do the finance stuff with this. I trade in a very specific way that nets you know, that helps grow my collections. But it just comes down to the point of, well, I've got this thing and I can get on, I can ride the bubble before it pops or just keep everything, watch watch it pop and, you know, do it that way. So it's it's enticing to, it's enticing where you can maybe break you, break yourself off a little bit of that profit or a little bit of that, a uh, little bit of that, yeah. so. Okay, so with that, then the some of, <clears throat> some of the uh, um, cards that we, we were talking about, both offline and in and, and other channels, um, and uh, wanting to see where they would end up, where they would move. Uh, some of them are kind of in ridiculously inflated prices already, um, and then some of mm-hmm. them were more more reasonable. Um, but then with the, the current uh, impending reprint, impending availability of this stuff in Modern Masters, um, there was going to be a, a different uh, exposure to that and kind of a, a dent in some of the pricing. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I figured we could, uh, you know, do some conjecture here on what we figured um, we would end up seeing for a uh, where where cards would bottom out at. Um, you know, similar to what we might end up seeing some of these cards get to uh, for like a a fifty two week low or where where mm-hmm. we start to see them hitting bottom before they start coming back up. Uh, and then where they would be at, like in a year at this time. Yeah. So. Um, so the the list I pulled, I'll just run them off, and then since I've I had the ability to to kind of sit here and stare at it, um, I wasn't looking <laughs> at prices, but just looking at the cards themselves. Um, so going with uh, some of the fetches, so basically all the all the fetch lands, Scalding Tarn, uh, Misty Rainforest, Verdant Catacombs, Arid Mesa. So. Uh, um, with the exception of the the one that nobody really cares about, um, which is still forty bucks right now. Yeah, and it just it's it, it's hit or miss depending on whether or not you have the other ones, uh, which is March Flats, um, so that we don't have to talk about it like a stepchild. Um, but uh, <laughs> the so you know most of those just based on on what they're they're played in um, and, and decks that they have access to. Uh, and then some of the the cards that are non-land, uh, Liliana the Veil, uh, Snapcaster Mage, Goblin Guide, and then Damnation, which is one that people have been wanting to print for a long time, uh, but they hadn't gotten around to yet. And so seeing that and seeing what, what folks would want to uh, get some of these for uh, in, in the long run would be would be fun to, to kind of mm-hmm. check that out. So um, 
starting off, uh, starting off with Scalding Tarn. Um, we've got Scalding Tarn right now uh, going for about 65. Um, the current pre and so all of all of the prices, if it's not an SCG price, is, is coming from uh, the aggregate price at uh, uh, MTG stocks right now. Um, so Scalding Tarn is 65. The M, the Modern Master 17 price of that is uh, 44. Um, so you're already looking at uh, you know a 33% decrease in the cost of that, or in, in the the value quote unquote value of that card. Um, it's getting pre-ordered at SCG at Star City Games for $45. Um, so there is there is you know value in some of those pre-orders already. Um, and so, I mean, so there's, there's definitely a number of, of sites that have similar pre-orders and similar value. Um, now, I mean, these are ones where both Scalding Tarn and Misty Rainforest have, uh, fluctuated wildly, uh, based on having the benefit of being, uh, quote unquote, the blue lands, um, which is, uh, <laughs> the, the, the fact that most pro players like to go, like to play the color blue, um, because that's usually the, the color that allows players to, uh, kind of have the most lines of play takes more skill to play for decks that are usually built that way, things like that. Um, so they just generally tend to, to go to that value. Um, so, uh, I mean, for Scalding Tarn, again, 65, 44 for pre-orders, SCG is 45 right now. Um, I don't see that going much lower. Um, I, I don't see Scalding Tarn hitting below 30. Um, so that's what I, I would say the, the low for what I would think would be a scalding tarn would bottom out at 30. Um, and then for the, the 52 week price, I mean, all, all of this stuff I would say is, is what we would be looking at for the, I guess the modern master 17 version, because the, the, the newer okay. versions are going to be a little bit higher, but there's also comparable yeah. and just too many damn combinations to figure it out. Um, so where we're, we're back out in a year. Uh, for Scalding Tarn, I would put the I would put the low at thirty before it starts to bounce back up, and then where we're at in a year to be fifty. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. My thing is, um, my gut tells me these are, this is going to be really aggressive, and I my gut kind of tells me that because my gut, you know, it's very scientific. Uh, it, it studied many of things that <laughs> I think. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gotta be really like you. Like I am much more aggressive with what these price points are gonna be uh, on these modern masters cards. Um, so for Scalding Tarn, uh, because I believe they're gonna like they're gonna like to make money, and that's the big thing is you know Has Hasbro has sort of been playing with its food, so to speak here for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. They, you know, and if you've seen some of the some of the really aggressive stuff that they've been doing, um, especially these last couple of years, these this this all been slowly phased in, and I think so. I think it's going to be. I think the reprints of these are going to be much more aggressive. I think there's going to be a lot more of this product of all uh, around. I could see the price of Scalding Tarns realistically. Um, the Modern Masters 2017 ones. Um, I could realistically see these anywhere from settling, um, probably within, within was it year low, mm -hmm. um, 
I could see 25 to 30. I don't see them ever going back up to 50 within two years. Uh, because by that point, they're probably just going to get reprinted again. And uh, <laughs> um, I see like those, I realistically, like they're not going to be like, they're not going to be 20 bucks because of the demand. But there's also, this is the other thing is too, is that there's a lot of perceived demand for, for these modern cards. And there is, there is a large demand for it. Um, but I don't think it is lar- it's as large as people think. Because, um, you know, it's, you get access to some of the fetches that you need. You don't need all of them. Now there are going to be people that are going to do that. This is the other thing is too, is that player retention for the game hasn't been, hasn't been great. So, um, it's products that get people excited, but they're not going to be going, they're not going to be going crazy for it. But so at the same time the metrics I, I haven't seen the retention or uh, churn metrics um but all the other metrics mm-hmm. that they keep sh- keep showing and all of their uh investor reports um is that the game is is growing consistently and it's still at as its largest that it's ever been so they're just looking to right. attract more players maybe not necessarily retain the same players right exactly and that's a big that's a big thing like um so for them to do that if they're not looking, the longer that people play, the more likely they are to experiment in other formats. That's those older formats don't make wizards any money. So that's why I said, it's like, I think they'd be a bit more aggressive with how they're going to do the reprints to make more money off of those older formats. So I see, I see scalding Tarn 25 to 30. Um, and then and where do you see it in a year? I t- around twenty five to thirty. Like okay. I so can see, it. yeah, like that's where it's going to be. It might, it might even de- like you know, this, this most this realistically wouldn't happen, but it might even dip down to twenty, and then like it's going to be in that twenty to thirty range, and it'll it'll start to gain again, but it, uh, on the reprints, but it won't be as a as fast of a gain. So, um, you know, I don't think, I don't think that card's ever going to be $50 again. I mean, it, it might be, but I personally don't think, uh, that reprinted version's ever going to be close to 50. Um, maybe, maybe 35, 40, maybe, but it's going to be somewhere in that, at the peak before it gets reprinted again, it'll probably be about 40 bucks. And I think... Depending on what it does for the next Modern Master Series, they may just throw those fetch lands in again. Okay. So, because that's the only... that's Yeah. So with that then, what about Misty's? Where do you see Misty's settling at? We'll alternate here so that I'm not always spilling my hand first. Yeah, so Misty's... Again, another one of the blue lands. Yeah, blue-green. Um... I think I feel like those so there's going to be three there's going to be three lands that are going to be very close together for me in price point uh because they're very close together in price point now because they're almost they all functionally do and have the same amount of desirability um you've got Scalding Tarn uh Misty and Verdant mm-hmm. 
Um, and I feel the demand for all of those because they let you play really good colors uh, are functionally about the same. Well, Misty and Misty and Verdant are closer together than those two are closer to to Scalding Tarn. So I see those being around sort of the same thing. Where um, I don't think I don't think Misty and Verdant are going to recover as well. Um, so I could see them realistically probably right in around jeez like they're not gonna like because just because of price memory they can't dip they can't dip really low but i think what we're gonna see is we're gonna see a we're gonna see a decline in their prices to probably around anywhere from 20 to 25 and then they're most likely gonna stay around there um they might they might dip a little lower but realistically they're gonna stay around about 20 to 25 because of price memory um you know, Misty's going to stay closer to 25. That might go up a little bit because it is blue. But Verdant's probably going to ride in that little 20, that 20, 25 range, both of them. And I think that's pretty much where they're going to stay. Okay. So with that, I mean, I, I agree that there's they're going to be similar uh, in nature. Um, the only thing with that is I think Misty is going to have, even with a, a resurgence in some of the... Uh, the decks favoring Verdant's over over Misty's, um, based on a lot of the legacy play and a lot of the other uh, speculations for other formats uh, coming about, um, there will still be a, a decent amount of demand for the Misty's mm-hmm. over um, over that. So I mean, I would see uh, the the Misty's being at a, a, a hitting a low of twenty five. Um, the Verdant's hitting a low of 20, um, and then the the Misty's having about a, a, a 52-week price of 30. Well, the Misty's and Verdant's both hitting a 35 or $35 uh, 52-week price, um, but just the, the Verdant's bottoming out a little bit more than the Misty's just based mm-hmm. on yeah. um, they're really hot right now based on the resurgence of the, of the Death Shadow deck in Modern, um, mm-hmm. everybody wanting to get them out there them having a recent price spike. Um, so it's something where, again, very similar, where, again, everybody's going to get them. They don't need them, flood the market, yada, yada, yeah. yada, as opposed to Misty's having a more stable price memory uh, and kind of sitting still. So those those would be my uh, very very similar as far as the, for the floors that we saw, um, but that I, I think they'll bounce back a little bit more just based off of uh, demand there. Yeah, and that's what it really just comes down to is the demand and what we think the bounce backs are going to be. Um, I don't think, you know, I'm still waiting for, you know, Wasteland to bounce back. And like granted, the demand there is like different, but, um, you know, I, that's what I feel like those cards feel like is that I feel this is the first step of them basically trying to control it i think a really good example of it is the um granted because they were printed in a standard set but is the prices of the rtr shock lands um those aren't even close to what they were before mm-hmm. and a lot of the value that's going to be retained by those is going to be retained by the original versions of those cards not the new reprints um well, that's why I see a lot of that. What do you think about uh, what do you think about Marsh Flats and Arid Mesa? 
Uh, I didn't pull the prices on Marsh Flats, but Aaron Mesa, I mean, I see that uh, dropping a lot lower. Uh, well, not a lot yeah. lower, but percentage-wise lower. Um, I mean, I would see that basically bottoming out about uh, e- even as low as $12 for, for Aaron Mesa um, and then settling mm-hmm. at about uh, probably 18 ish for a 52-week price. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much about right. Uh, Aaron, I could see that. Aaron Mesa and Marsh Flats are the, the two ones that are less desirable, especially with the Allied fetches being accessible as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, Marsh Flats, I'm telling you, Marsh Flats is going to be 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and, that's one where I figured that was going to be a, a very low uh, floor, so it'd be something where it, it wasn't worth speculating on uh, how, yeah. how low it was going to drop because it's, it's one that uh, could potentially, based on uh, uh, random number generator and distribution of, of packs, could, could see single digits. Yeah, yeah, very easily. And uh, I would not be surprised by that at all. Um, Aaron Mace is a bit more usable, but it's not, you're not going to see a, a ton, um, of ton of demand there outside of there's like one deck that realistically requires that. And it's going to, it's the burn deck in modern, um, because they go three colors now. And even then that's not even the, it's yeah, just the demand for that's going to be for Aaron Mace is going to be so low too. So I see those realistically, I see both of those. You know, ten to fifteen bucks. Marsh flats, you very, very realistically. Marsh flats could hit nine bucks. Yep, uh, easily. You know, Aaron Mesa could probably hit ten to twelve. Um, and that's fine. And I think Wizards is going to watch it very, very carefully. And I would not be surprised if next modern, the modern Ma- Oh God, was that Modern Masters twenty nineteen? Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! I would not be surprised if those are in. The, I don't even want to think about 2019. Um, <laughs> uh, I would not be surprised if they were in, if they were in that set, or maybe in some kind of supplemental product before then, such as, uh, I want to say like the Eternal Masters or whatever product they're going to release. Uh, around from like, the vaults or a commander style or something like that so they rotate their they rotate their their special products mm-hmm. so i that would be what conspiracy well or like something like conspiracy or something like that where they can sell a lot of product <coughs> where it's not going to be limited i would not be surprised if you saw those again yep um, so the next one is Lily or Liliana the Veil as the, the full card name. Um, yep. and so with that, again, she's currently, uh, the original printing is sitting at 85. Um, the modern masters 17 price on MTG stocks for the aggregate is 70. She's pre-ordering it as on SCG right now at 70. She originally listed for pre-order on SCG at 60. Um, yep. since it was the, the weekend she was announced, uh, I was, it was listed at 60, uh, a few days later, all those copies got snatched up. Um, and then they raised the price to, to 70 where it is now, um, based oh. on yeah. where this card was three, three ish years ago. Uh, when I got the place that I had, uh, I picked those up for $30 a piece. Um, 
ever since then they've been fluctuating between 90 and 105 um, for just kind of being consistently rising, not being played very often. Um, yep. it, it's a, it's a, unlike Tarmogoyf, which is a play set in every deck that it's in. This is something where, again, it's a consistently high value card, um, but it doesn't often see a full play set in decks, yet everybody always has their full play sets here and there. Um, I would see this uh, low hitting um, 45, uh, and mm-hmm. this is one I definitely see bouncing back up so that everybody can get their hands on the copies they need across uh, Legacy and uh, uh, Modern and even uh, Commander. Um, so I, I would see the 52 week price bouncing back up to 75. So I would see her mm-hmm. rising up, uh, above the pre-order price in the long term. The, so for me, there's two interesting, two interest, interesting things when it comes to Lily, Liliana. Um, this card has zero demand. Uh, it's played in a few decks in legacy. It's a novelty it's, for sure. Yeah. And I think what we're going to see here is this card has very little demand. Part of it could be because it's so expensive. Uh, The other part is that they arguably might have just printed a better version of this card. Um, With the Last Hope, which is starting to... which is basically fighting for contention Mm -hmm. with some of those spots. I like Liliana better. Yeah. Uh, So, if this card... So, with all that being said, I think the low... I think this card's dropping back down to 30 bucks. It's very easily going to be 30. Um, it's not going to go much lower because it is a mythic and it is sort of like a, a set defining mythic. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it would most likely stay around that price if it wasn't for the printing of Fatal Push, which is going to basically not drive people, but would see if that'll help spur the, the it being brought back into modern. Uh, if it's brought back into modern, this card could easily go back up to 50. 50 to $60 because it's arguably the second best planeswalker printed. Okay. You go, yeah, I mean, you go Mind Sculptor, maybe Lily, Knight Errant, and then Gideon. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree yeah. there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so this, you know, this, this card I can see. Dropping back down to thirty, just because the de- the demand's not there for it. And this is the other thing with Lily too; is really interesting. You mentioned the playset. Not only is the card not used in playsets in every deck, like Tarmogoyf, people who have Lilianas already have some number of Lilianas, mm-hmm. so there might be demand there for it, but it's not going to be demand across the... Uh, it's not going to be demand for four ofs. It's going to be demands for one ofs because they're played in three ofs. Yep. So I think that's I think that's a big one. Um, so realistically, low is probably going to be 30. It might back, bounce back up to 50. Um, that's honestly where I see... That's why I see that. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up, Damnation. Uh, it's currently <laughs> at, uh, at 48. Um, the current uh, Modern Master 17 printing is at 27 um, and it's pre-ordering at SCG for uh, 35 yeah so this is a card I would not touch for uh, I, this is a card I would never fucking I'm not buying within the first 6 months um, 
easy. This card... So this is an interesting card. Part of the reason that it's been... It's so expensive... Um, was because it had never... It only got reprinted technically once. Uh, as a Judge promo, which had very very high scarcity. Um, comparative to like a regular set or even a limited edition product. Uh, this card is not a four of. Uh, it's a one of. Mm-hmm. In pretty much everything that it, that it gets played in. Um, and everything that it gets, everything it gets played in, um, the demand for this card, it is being printed at rare in a set that I have a feeling there, there's going to be a lot of, uh, this is going to be a fuck. This is going to see single digits. This card is going to go from 80 to eight bucks. Cause the high on that was, I think the high on the audit was about 80. I think this card is going to be, it's going to be an $8 card. Well, this was also a unique one since it, it did have, uh, the single, uh, the single printing in Planar Chaos, but then it also had a Magic Player Rewards version, which was a textless foil version. Ooh, um, yeah, that's that, right. That ended up having a lot of folks um, wanting that, and that, that's the only version I have of the card, um, and that was because it just got sent to me in the mailbox when they were doing Player Rewards. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, that ended up being something where uh, I think having only those two printings kind of artificially drove up that yeah. price. Um, but I, I would agree that yep. this is going to kind of bottom out very easily. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be it's going to be eight dollar card because I don't see I don't I don't see it I don't see it anywhere else at eight bucks. Like it's not in the older formats. It's not it's not great. It's using EDH casual play, and to be fair, I've never seen I've seen EDH I've seen speculators drive up the cost of EDH, but I've never really seen EDH players drive up the cost yeah, of EDH. I, I agree there. So that was that. Are you so, saying it'll it'll hit eight bucks and stay at eight bucks? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. Like it's that card's gonna. It's gonna be like a ball and ball out of an airplane, is what that ticker, that ticker is gonna look like. Yeah, I see that hitting uh, hitting single digits. I mean, I, I think it may uh, hedge a little bit and bounce back up. Um, so I, I would say uh, it'd be about eight and fifteen. Um, so I, I think it may end up bouncing back in the long term with folks having access to it, the ability to brew. Um, adding some of the more of that into um, the uh, the Esper style shell uh, mm-hmm. as a, as opposed to just needing uh, access to uh, other strict removal spells and things like that. So I, I think it may bounce back once there's some brewing done around it um, and just kind of once it stabilizes. But yeah, I, I think agreed um, that that one's gonna gonna be you know sinking faster yeah. than a uh, uh, than that necklace at the end of Titanic. <laughs> the other thing with that too is that that card is fighting with a, just arguably better cards in the colors that it would be played in outside of it, it's going to be played with red uh, that's where it's home is because if you were trying to do the Esper you're playing Supreme Verdict over yep. it so um, <laughs> yeah that card jeez yeah finan- some of the financials think that card's still going to be a $20-30 dollar card I don't I don't agree. I can't. I really can't follow the logic yeah. on that. So next up, we've got your boy, uh, the the baby blue boy, which is Snapcaster Mage. Um, <laughs> this is one that has uh, essentially defined uh, finance variants, and uh, uh, if you have analysis of variants, or if you've got a TI eighty three or eighty six, and you have an ANOVA function, 
this card and its finance history is pretty much built for that um, to figure out standard deviation and all of that shit where one week it's 15, one week it's 95, one week it's 30. <laughs> the next week people are buying it for 70. They're selling it for 115. Who the hell knows? Roll some dice. That's what it's worth. Uh, or that's what the value is that week. Um but uh, this is, again, uh, it has its history in being a Magic Invitational card. So the idea of the card is player-inspired. So um, cool. It's, it's a very powerful card. Um, there's not many more uh, efficient moves in, in Magic that you can go Lightning Bolt, Snapcaster, Lightning Bolt. Um, so yeah. it, it does help close out a lot of games. Uh, and, again, give blue players lines of play options. Uh, yeah. It's sitting at 40 right now. The Modern Master 17 version is the aggregate price is 36, um, and then the SCG price for pre-order is 40. Yeah. So the so there's a couple big important things here. Um, some of us in this conversation bought other Snapcasters at ten dollars when the card came out uh, because it was the dopest fucking card they had ever seen in their life. Um, I, I honestly don't even remember what I got mine for. I, I know I got it relatively inexpensive before they kind of skyrocketed, so I, yeah. I may have been in the 15 to 18 range when I picked up mine. Yeah. But. <laughs> I know, I know. I just had to... Uh, I collected those at one point because um, that, that was my boy. Mm-hmm. That and Gristlebrand. So, Big Papa Pump. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, so Snapcaster here, there's a couple important things here is that it got a rarity bump. So it's going to be a little less. Uh, it's going to be a little less uncommon at mythic. Originally printed at rare, and now printed at yeah. mythic. Yeah, and um, there's yeah, like man, Snapcaster, forty bucks is too high. What that is, what those some of those prices are, it sounds like from Star City. There is that they're really just trying to bank on on name recognition. Yep. Um. And I mean, realistically, the reason those sixty dollar lilies sold out. Is because there were people who were like, "Oh shit, sixty dollar lilies." Um, Snapcaster, this is not your boy. Um, he's he's played in a lot of decks, but he's not played as a four of. He's played as a two to three of, um, and he sees a lot less play in Legacy than he does in Modern. He is arguably a Modern defining card. However, with Blue not being great, uh, he's been seeing a lot of decreases in play too. So. Ah, man, Snapcaster. Snapcaster's probably going to find a home around $20. That new art is awful. Uh, I'm not a fan of the original art. My art is uh, basically a... It looks like a uh, South American, maybe uh, possibly uh, African soccer player. Looks cool. Bright colors, everything. So, um, so what do you see in bottoming out at? Uh, I say this is a card that's easily going to lose about half of its value. So a lot of folks, everybody has their Snapcasters. You already need them. Mm-hmm. This is strictly for a new player. They were printed at rare. And this is the thing. Nobody's gone and bought a full place at a Snapcasters recently. Mm-hmm. Or basically in the last six months. Everybody had most of them. Um, they're buying maybe one or two. I see this guy easily going back down to 20 bucks. Okay. Um, and settling there? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Like, um, he might he might see a rise. He might see a bit more of a gradual rise back up. Um, but no, I can see I can see Snapcaster staying around twenty bucks, maybe going back up to twenty five. 
but easily, easily, this is where he's staying. That's yeah, this is I, I'm on board there. Um, and I think he has a problem with the art um, of uh, the the original art being pretty cool, being an invitational card. The art is always trying to reflect the original player. Um, they have a problem, or they have a habit of when they reprint invitational cards um, to not use the original art so that they can get away from the player. Uh, see uh, the original uh, Dark Confidant, which was Bob Mars' card uh, in the original Modern Masters, uh, reprinted from Ravnica. Um, you've got the original uh, meddling mage Chris Picula, who was printed, printed in Plane Shift, and then I believe I want to say. Uh, reprinted in Shards of Alara with new art. Um, yeah. And so so most of those cards, when they do get reprinted, they do get new art. So we weren't going to see uh, the Tiago Chen art uh, reprinted again, um, which I, I like that. I like the, the kind of the set, the style, the, the format of it. Um, the promo for the RPTQ art, which is the uh, finally referred to as uh, Pele Mage by some players, uh, since it looks like a, a, a wizard playing soccer. Uh, I would be perfectly happy with that, like you said. Uh, it's it's a uh, uh, pretty badass wizard, uh, bright colors. Um, the new art um, is absolutely horrendous. Um, <laughs> it is in a shade of blue that you can now no longer see anything but blue. Um, it almost feels like I'm taking Viagra and it has made my sight turn blue, and now all I can see is blue and nothing but blue. Um and so that I understand it's a blue card. I understand it's very blue in nature. The psychographic profile fits a blue mage. Um, but there are other colors in the universe besides just blue. Um, so I, I think this this in and of itself is going to see a um, a, a hit based on uh, the the art being much more uh, uh, poor. Uh, variant than than some of the other options, so I, I see it dropping to a low of fifteen, bouncing back up to twenty, um, yeah. and that's where I I don't see. I mean, I see it again being accessible, um, and then just uh, not being something that would be super great. Um, so to to wrap up with the last card that we have here, uh, Goblin Guide. Uh, this is one that defines uh, many decks uh, in a couple formats, um, most most notably Burn um, in both uh, Modern and Legacy. Uh, but something where, you know, even just two years ago, he was in single digits, uh, like eight, nine bucks, um, yep. and then skyrocketed as far as, you know, burn, just for whatever reason, people started playing burn more. Um, and, uh, and I think it was, because it, it was more accessible. Yeah. And I think around the, the, the time of the printing, um, of treasure crews and Kanza Tarkir of giving, uh, some, uh, very cheap, uh, card draw to, uh, decks that wanted to play uh, or splash blue, uh, it, this kind of increase coincided there. Um, so now it's, I mean, he was as high as 45 recently. Um, the aggregate price for the original now is sitting at about 28. Uh, Modern Masters 17 version at 19. Uh, SCG pre ordering him for uh, 20. Uh, I see him very similar to uh, <clears throat> Damnation as far as numbers overall. Not losing that much value uh, in much, or kind of in comparison to the, the numbers he's sitting at now, uh, but just getting back to really where he should be um, in the the parlance of MTG finance, you know, the price correction type thing, um, using using the the term there. Uh, so I would see him bottoming out at eight and then sitting at about twelve dollars this time next year. Yeah, 
Yep, that is going to be a that's he's definitely going to be an eight to twelve dollar card right on the money. I would say ten bucks. I uh, that is a card that is played in a very specific style of deck. Um, a lot of the demand for those basically ends up being uh, players who are newer to the format, depending on the format. Um, usually, where that demand comes from or those formats have been so cost prohibitive, that's where new players end up because it's the only thing they can afford. Uh, with everything being substantially more accessible as staples, uh, this guy, that little guy is going to be, the art's not great. Um, yeah, it's another one. I'm not a, a fan of the yeah. others uh, uh, um, either. It's going to be about, it's going to be about an eight, eight to $12 card. Yeah, that's right. That's right on the money. Okay, so yeah, that, that gives us our, our eight cards there. We'll see where we end up, uh, and we'll kind of check back in over the summer as some of these prices mm -hmm. are, are changing and fluctuating. Um, I know with, with all of the, the master sets, I, I mean, there are always uh, new art, uh, old art, and there's a lot of comparisons there, and there's been uh, some good podcast episodes that, that other Magic podcasts have done to kind of cover that. Mm -hmm. um, I consistently feel like I'm uh, Abe Simpson sitting there being the old man yelling at the cloud. Since I technically, I think I hate all the old, or I hate all the new art printings, um, especially Serum Visions. I don't know what the hell I'm looking at um, for the new art. Uh, there's some shiny stuff, some metal stuff. I don't know if it's grinning at me, uh, whatever. So uh, in our group chat, I, I still continuously uh, end up being the, the old curmudgeon that just <laughs> poo-poo's all, all new art and all uh, reprint art that doesn't... Uh, fit the original card style and then what I see in my head, but uh, obviously no one's listening to me and they'll, they'll do what they see fit, but um, seeing where some of these art styles go is, is pretty interesting too, especially so that they can kind of bring them more in sync with the rest of the uh, the Masters reprints since they are all on kind of being plucked out of context and jammed into one set so all the original yeah. art doesn't always make sense. Yeah, like I, I'm also a guy who, who likes the um original art on a lot of cards um i very there's something i don't know it's part of the i love old stuff uh one of my next purchases for my uh game collection um is a couple of books uh there's the ultimate nes collectors nes guide or whatever by pat the nes punk uh, which I've, i might have mentioned before the next the next thing i'm getting are art books because they're like 20 or 30 bucks and there's an art of Atari book. Now I grew up looking at all of that old art mm -hmm. and loving it. And with magic, like, so I'm a weird, I'm like, I'm not even, I don't like people like, Oh, you have dorky hobbies. You're a nerd or whatever. I'm not even a good nerd. I'm like, not really into fantasy. <laughs> right. Like I kind of do a little bit of sci-fi, like my fiction, very realistic. You know, I like puzzle games, like, <laughs> you know, and, um, with magic, the old art, there's something sort of comforting in the old art because it's not – because there's still, like, imperfections in it, and it feels a bit more storied. Uh, when you get the new art, a lot of it's digitally done yep. or crafted through digital art studios, and it doesn't feel the same. And, you know, for a game um, I'm not super nostalgic for um, because I didn't play a lot when I was a kid – um, the old art can sort of trigger me to feel nostalgic because it looks like something I might have seen in my youth. Exactly. Uh, uh, new art, I don't feel the same way about. So um, I'm, I'm also many times in that camp 
The only t- the only new art I have liked has been the Paley Snapcaster, which everybody hated. Well, no, that's what, yeah, I, I agree. I I like that one too, and then uh, wasn't a fan of much of the other new art. I mean, I, I like some of the new art. Like I, I like the Stoneforge Mystic new art, um, but it's only available in foil. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. And I I hate foil cards, um, or I I prefer foil cards so that I can sell them for values that I think are are inflated for no reason. Um, and so people that want to, to basically uh, value out their deck, I can get the cards that are worth more to me based on having the same card that does the same thing. It just happens to be shiny. Yeah. So I like my foils from time to time, but I also, uh, you'll actually get a kick out of this. I was actually found myself defoiling a deck uh, that reanimator list I told you about because the reanimates I had were from the, from the vault mm-hmm. and they were driving me bananas because they had a little bit of curve to them. Yep. Uh, pulling them out because <laughs> like, I could cut straight to them, but exactly. Uh, big popper pump. You should ask Jason about all the misplays from <laughs> every time I can play a gristle brand, I get so excited. It's just irrational. I don't just misplay because I just want to draw cards. It's the only thing I like about magic. I like draw a whole bunch of cards, it feels like I'm cheating, but. Okay, well, we'll have to to get back to that. I mean, hoping I'm hoping to hit up some uh, some Modern Masters events in Vegas. We'll uh, if we had, if either of us end up hitting up any of the Modern Masters events and pull any of these, then we can we can see what we'll make uh, in our money uh, come yeah. uh, come whatever time. Um, so we we can post some stuff there. But uh, I've got a, a list of places I need to call to see what they're actually doing, uh, and then I need to actually be conscious and not exhausted from. Uh, work and recording videos and talking mm-hmm. uh, ad nauseum, a uh, little magic pun there, um, to, to <laughs> keep going. Uh, so yeah, so that's uh, hopefully uh, next, I don't know if we'll be able to record next week, um, just based off of me being in Vegas for conference work, um, mm-hmm. but then if not, we'll be back in a couple weeks, uh, and then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll do some more non-magic related stuff and non-geeky related stuff and more uh, uh writing poetry uh current events type stuff then that way as well yep and and actually yeah. a, a, probably a refresh of our media swaps since i've got a couple new pieces there as well oh cool i uh i want to say i am hyped i forgot for lip march the ncaa tournament yep uh <laughs> i'm kind of bummed syracuse is in it this year but we're in the nit we uh we we barely missed the tourney so i'm excited to be heading um, to vegas right when it kicks off we used to do that before our conference timing changed and then we were we were gone a little bit um and then so uh now we're actually hitting back at the same time um as it, it kicking off so i'm excited to be going out while all of that is is kicking off uh because the kind of it, it's a little bit of everything uh going on there as far as uh, just craziness uh, across the town yeah, yeah. So I'm ex- I'm excited for that. I'm gonna watch some basketball probably Friday, and then um, Syracuse was supposed to play UNC Greensboro tonight in the NIT, but they got like two feet of snow. <laughs> so uh, no, uh, they they don't want to play to an empty stadium because that dome can hurt like hold like thirty three thousand people. Yeah, which they would get because there's nothing else to do in Syracuse. Um, so, yeah, so they're going to tr- try and watch that game tomorrow. Um, but do some brackets, get some folks at the office together, do a little bracky brack in the office. But other than that, yeah, it's another another feather in the cap of lit March. Yeah, I've got to go figure out and kind of finish up my packing 
Uh, when I leave Chicago tomorrow, it's supposed to be 29. When I land in Vegas, it's supposed to be 89. So I have no idea oh what's going God. on, no idea what, what I need to pack. So I'll just Buy take, clothes there. I'll just take everything <laughs> it, that's I that is on on my plan where I, I've packed only so much that I think I can get, and then I know most of the stores that are there that I've bought enough stuff there that I can just go buy stuff as needed. So with that, we'll uh, we'll call it this week uh, with uh, some more magic finance and uh, kind of. Uh, getting our, our hands a little dirty and, and speculation and yeah. uh, analytics there. And then uh, we'll uh, see where this takes us into uh, next year at this time and see how many episodes we've hit since then. Uh, and then uh, see, see where we're at on these numbers at that time. So uh, until then uh, everyone hope you're uh, safe in the yep. snowstorm and digging out. Uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Please listen yep. carefully. Adios. Adios.